Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells cunt. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. See you next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Amanda. Hi. <laughs> Did you ever get tired of our opening? Me or them? Are you, who are you I, asking? I'm asking a great question. Now I'm asking both. Thank you for your answer. How about yours? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we could spice it up. You want spicy? Spicy. I mean... Maybe if I had added champagne to my Dutch Brothers this week. I, I didn't know why you didn't. I did that one. I know. Time. That was pretty tasty. It was very tasty. Okay, so I had champagne but no juice, and I was drinking a Dutch Brothers Rebel drink, and I just added the champagne to my Dutch Brothers Rebel drink, and it was fucking good, y'all. I bet it was. Actually, I know it was because I had some. <laughs> it was it was really good. Surprisingly, you're like, what is happening? Okay, I want to talk Dutch Brothers for a hot second. Go for it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sip mine as you talk. I love them. Yes. They just built one by my house. It is the best thing to ever come to where I live. Mm-hmm. I love all the kids that work there. I tip them extra on a regular basis, like I did this morning. I love that. Well, there was only one person working the drive-thru in the cold, and it's windy. The wind is like 50 miles an hour right now. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, are you paying cash or with your phone? Because I was holding out my fast pass. I was like, no, no, no. I'm paying with my phone. I'm just going to give you a little something extra because you're out here by yourself in the cold and the wind. He goes, I'm going to tell you I'm going to share this because that's what I have to do, but I don't know if if that's what I'm going to do. I go, you do what you feel like you want to do because you're the only one out here in this cold and the wind. Exactly. What do you feel is right for you, sir? I was like, (laughs) keep the tip on my fast pass and put this in your pocket. Right. And we move on with our days. (laughs) That's awesome. So, and we drink Dutch Brothers almost every time we podcast. Is it every time? It's every time now. It was the big Starbucks for a little bit. Um, But... and, and nothing against them. No, but, no, no. You know, of the chains, we like Dutch Brothers better. I do. And you know what it is for me? The Rebel drinks. See, and I'm a nitro cold brew gal. Exclusively. And so, Dutch Brothers, we have a proposition for you. Yes, we do. We want you to be our sponsor. Please sponsor us. <laughs> Legit asking for a sponsorship. If you know anybody who works for them or like, you know, marketing or something like that, let us know because we would love to like collab. Truly, we really do like their stuff. It's not just a shameless <laughs> ploy for an ad. I, you can actually find a picture that I just posted on our Twitters, our tweeters and our Instas mm-hmm. of my Dutch Brothers Cup. Yeah. And you're right. We do go there consistently. And you go there, too. Yeah. I was there yesterday as well. No, not yesterday. I was there on Thursday. Actually, the um, guy replacing our whole AC heating system was standing in front of my house waiting for me um, to get home from dropping my kid off at school and um, making my Dutch brother stop. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'd take my kid to school as I get out with my Dutch brother's <laughs> cup. Um, yeah, this is not a fresh drink. I had it pre me leaving. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. we've had multiple pictures of our Dutch brothers on our socials. Two Eyed Willie really likes Dutch brothers as well. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, he's our little skeleton mascot. Mm-hmm. So- I left him at home today. Well, it was windy. He doesn't like the wind. We no, know this. No, it goes, <laughs> makes him cold right down to his bones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are dads. <laughs> Speaking of dads. Yes. Let's talk about our cunt this week. Our man cunt. Man cunt. And um, it's kind of a two-parter. 
but this is the second part. So congratulations. You don't have to watch the first TikTok video. It's all in one because I am covering Marvin Gaye Sr. today. Oh, I see what you did see what there. I did there. See what I did? I see what you oh, yeah. did there. Uh-huh. So today, um, and I'm just going to preface this by saying the more, more I got into this, the more I was like, are we just doing the Duggars again? Like, is this just a continuation of the Duggars or? And, and if you're like, I don't see any Duggar episodes on our list, it's because that's our Patreon only. Yes. It's Patreon only, and our vidges, our videos, are also going to go exclusively, if you follow our YouTube, over to Patreon, because we don't like seeing ourselves online. (laughs) I mean, let's be real. (laughs) We're like, oh my God, our videos are out there. It's so crazy. But it's also like to see if you guys like that. If you don't, we're thinking of maybe more exclusive series in the future as well, but we want to give you all exclusive content only on Patreon, you know? So actually, if you guys could also message us and let us know, oh, we'd love to see this, or this is something really cool. Or if there's something you'd like for us to research. Yeah, that would be great. Because we're going to be done with the Duggars real soon. We can't wait. Truly. Um, It's awful. It took a toll on me mentally. Truly, yeah, it really did me too. So, um, so if there's something else real fun you'd like to hear about, yeah, let us know because we would love to provide exclusive patron only content. And then, um, also, do we want to announce it? What our fans are going to be called? <gasps> oh, yes, y'all, y'all. So, you know, we put out those like questionnaires a while back and I know you're probably wondering what the hell happened the poll because we're like you know we do our best bless our hearts yeah and the winner was drum roll please cunties cunties that's correct y'all voted for cunties more than C unit and so because of that we will be making exclusive merch to be a part of our super tight-knit street team the cunties yeah we're excited. <laughs> I am super excited. I, I'm, you'll see whenever you see the merch because it's really, Amanda did a phenomenal job. I'm just going to say that you fucking killed it with that. And I love it. You should, you are proud of yourself. You should be. Look at that. She's glowing right I now. I wouldn't call it a glow. I would call <laughs> it, um, I don't know. No makeup. <laughs> Well, you're, if you woke up like this, looks great. Um, but yeah, so y'all are now our cunties. So yeah, let us know what y'all want exclusive. Like if you want a certain exclusivity that um, others don't have or what, whatever. Whatever stuff you want us to cover. So yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. I, I don't know either. Anyway, let's get back to Marvin Gaye Sr. Because yeah. clearly I need to stay on topic. Um, so... Marvin Gaye Sr. was born October 1st, 1914, to one of 13 children. Oh, Lord. Yep. To George and Mamie Gaye on a farm in Jessamine County, Kentucky. Growing up poor and black in America in the early 1900s must have been insanely difficult. And by his age and his parents' age, I'm sure his parents were slaves or some sort of indentured yes i'm sure they disgustingness. were disgustingness yes so he had a troubled um let's see here oh his father george took out his stress on his wife his siblings and his son marvin um and marvin had a troubled childhood including shootings at one point according to his future wife eventually he and his mother joined the pentecostal church and were the gaze against gaze a very oh. fundamental view of people and society yeah, so a lot, a lot of troubling things happening. I can't. Yeah. I can't. Can No. So Marvin Gaye Sr. grew up in this extremely no, 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 strict no, 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 no. life. Please, no. So through this, he decided to become a minister himself, because I guess he really identified with all of that bullshit. Oh. And they moved to Washington, D.C., where he started his career in his late teens. I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. No, that's... I'm tapping out. You're already out? (laughs) Bye. 
Bye. You're yourself out of here. It was fun. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were very supportive of the LBGTQIA plus um, people. And because of that, it's, it is hard to hear. And, you know, it's just like, it just reminds me of the Hillsborough Baptist Church bullcrap. That's what it reminds me of. Those, yeah. those dumbasses. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. So Marvin Sr. Uh, met Alberta Cooper in Washington, D.C., and they eventually married on July 2nd, 1935, when he was 21. They bought a small home in the area. Oh, my God. 21-year-olds mm. cannot buy homes now. No. No. Not even if you were, like, he, they were black people in America in the 30s. Yeah. So. Saying, like, minorities already had many disadvantages, and yet they could even buy a little home. Yes. And nowadays, no one can buy a little home. Period. No. no. But You're especially lucky people of color. if you can rent an apartment. Yeah, no. For less than a thousand a month for like a one bedroom apartment. Oh, a thousand dollars a month is like one of those tiny efficiencies where you're like sleeping in the bathroom. It's insane. It's insane. And it's always skewed so heavily, much like so much worse against people of color that it's just like absurd. Yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, they Sorry. were no, they were able to afford a house. That's a good point. I didn't think about that when I was writing this. Um let's see here. Alberta had a child from another man when they first married, and Marvin sent that child, Michael, to live with his sister-in-law, Pearl. Why? Because he didn't want that child in his home. But it's his child. It's not. It's from her previous... Oh, sorry. No, no, no. But still, it is his child. That is the woman you're marrying, and that's her child. So, sir, no. So he's just like, no, I don't want that child in my home. So he sent Michael to live with... Alberta's sister Pearl. So the abuse I'm is already starting. I'm getting a migraine. I, I know. I need the champagne to go in my Dutch brothers. <laughs> Somebody, so I need quickly. a champagne company to sponsor us as well. Right, stat now. Ideally, Vuv Clicquot, Vuv Clicquot, please sponsor us. Like you do the polo match, like that, but like here on a podcast. I'll make a flower wall with the orange flowers for Vuv Clicquot. Whatever you need. Tell me. I'm I'm DYIE. DYIE? <laughs> what is that? DIYE. Like DYIE. I can do DIY stuff. <laughs> oh, got it. Okay. It's like a plural of Yeah. Okay, I'm like what? Is there an E at the end of DIY that I'm missing? No, I'm DYIE. I can do these things. <laughs> My husband has tools. Yeah. I'm not allowed to touch them, but are we allowed to use hot glue guns? Yeah. Okay, cool. We're old enough now. Yeah. Yes. It's going to be sick. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's going to get worse. So gear up, everybody. I'm sorry. Sorry, everyone. I forgot to bring my stuffed security animal. Grab a pillow. Grab a pillow. There you go. She's grabbing a pillow. Okay. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. (laughs) So they had their first child, a girl named Jean, when Marvin Gay Jr., Oh, excuse me. And then Marvin Gay Jr. was born on April 2nd, 1939, when he was 25. So, yes, this is Marvin Gay, the singer, which if you listen to our last episode, was my trophy dad. Yes. (laughs) They had two more children, a son and a daughter. And Marvin Sr. was a very strict father. He was overbearing, very religious. He would make them observe the Sabbath on Saturdays. And was against going to church on Sundays. And he would often criticize people saying, you have the wrong day. You're not really a Christian. If you're not going to, you know, church on Saturday, which is the real Sabbath. It's like, dude. So is that when Pentecostals go to church is Saturdays? I don't think all of them do. But like the sect that they were in was stupid strict. Like very like micromanagement type religion. Okay. Yeah. Um. And Jean said he never, quote, spared the rod. He was very, very strict. Spare the rod, spoil the child. That was his thing. So Marvin Sr. would quiz them on Bible verses and beat them if they got it wrong. All of them wet the bed. Oh, that's always a bad sign. But also, what child doesn't? Oh, yeah, I wet the bed. Everybody, I did. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? The last time I I did it (laughs) was really embarrassing because it was, like, older you know, it was hadn't happened in a hot minute, and I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, it was one of those like just 
out of the blue things. I think it was like 11 or something, you know, where you're like, I'm definitely older than this, but yeah, what's happening, you know? But I also think it was also stress and trauma, you know, because it, it was really, really upsetting. Because who wants to live in the household like this? I don't. I'm. You're getting it from all ends. You're getting it. I'm in a trauma cuddle. Oh, (laughs) sorry. I would go over and hug you, but. Do you want me to hug? Do you want to hug? You know I don't hug. Okay, no hugs. No hugs. Um, Remember, I'm. (laughs) I'm the suppressive generation. That's true. Gen X is like, don't touch me. Don't acknowledge. But look at me. But don't look at me. Go away. So, unfortunately, when they wet the bed, he would punish Beat them, them. Yep. of course. Yep. And then, of course, that's like, oh, yeah, that's going to solve it. Great. That's just going to scare him more, you dumb. Like, what are you doing? I want to kill him. Ugh. I'm 85% sure I could get away with it. <laughs> I think you could, too. So, Jean said that her brother, Marvin Jr., got most of the beatings. And Marvin Sr. would beat him for small things like putting his hairbrush in the wrong place Coming home from school one minute late. Um, Again, Bible verses, shit like that. Marvin Jr. said, quote, living with father was like living with a king, an all cruel, changeable, cruel, and all powerful king. If it wasn't for mother, who was always there to console me and praise me for my singing, I think I would have been one of those child suicides you read about in the papers. Oh, that's terrible. Talk about fucking vulnerability and honesty. I mean, that also just shows you how how bad it was you know and you can see alberta in there really trying really trying like again old school mentality i have to stay with this man and then being a preacher's wife like think about that like you divorcing him that looks bad yeah you know and i don't think she was like a keep up with appearances kind of gal but i'm sure it crossed her mind like i can't we're pretending to be these people that they all want us to be or, but did it really cross her mind? I don't know. Because you know when you're so indoctrinated, you don't think about those things. That's true. Because, like, be, we, I was beaten as a child. I mean, with, like, leather belts or something that was close to my mom and dad. Like, it wasn't... I mean, it's like, do you think Anna Duggar is contemplating leaving? I hope so. Oh, I, I can tell so. you she's not. I don't know why. I know. I don't know why not. She's indoctrinated. Well, and also, like, in her case, well, in a lot of their cases, they don't have a skill set to fall back on. Like, oh, I have a nursing degree. I can be a nurse. It's like she'd have to start from zero with six kids on her own with six children. Seven. Seven? That's right. They just had another one. So, yeah, I can get why she's like, fuck it. I'll just deal with this shit just so I can have a place to stay and clothe and feed myself and my, my kids. Which is so shitty. So shitty. But yeah, I have... It's because they're brainwashed. Yeah. So this is what his wife, Alberta, said later about her husband. My husband never wanted Marvin. Never liked him. He used to say he didn't really think he was really his child. I told him that was nonsense. He knew Marvin was his. But for some reason, he didn't love Marvin. And what's worse, he didn't want me to love Marvin either. Marvin wasn't very old before he understood that. And Marvin Sr. said this, It was important that I had a male child. A namesake is what I wanted. The day he was born, I felt he was destined for greatness. I thank God for the the blessing of his life. I thank God for Marvin. I knew he was a special child. So, So why did he treat him like shit? Because he wasn't... So this is what I'm gaining from this. And this is from the book that we read adults of immature parents emotionally immature parents marvin senior is a classic narcissist and by extension marvin jr is an extension of him essentially yeah and if he's not doing exactly what senior wants him to do he's gonna get fucking beat to shit for it because and he of course he's not communicating what he wants you have to kind of guess like what marvin senior wants so junior's in an impossible situation so, of course, he's contemplating suicide as a child, which is awful. Yep. He's like, I can't win. My mom my mom is trying to defend me against my father who fucking hates me. Yep. It's insane. So, I I don't know. And like I said, I think just him even... 
he just got the the short straw by being named that. Yeah. That's really all it was. If his brother Frankie had been named Marvin, then it would have been on him. It's just so shitty. So um because Marvin Sr. Before, oh, excuse me, before Martin Sr. became a minister, he worked various jobs, including at the post office, Western Union, whatever, make ends meet. His first minister role was in Norristown, Pennsylvania, where he eventually made the bishop, was made the bishop and a healer. So he was one of those guys that laid hands and then, you know, people fall back and then they're like, I'm healed or whatever. That was him. And then he became the minister of a local House of God church um, and would later bring young Marvin to sing at the church. Marvin Sr. taught himself piano and taught Junior as well, who learned by ear, which is great. One of the few times they obviously had a pleasant interaction with each other. So they must have had tiny little moments where he wasn't, his Sr. wasn't being a piece of shit. And that must have been enough for Junior to be like, okay, maybe it's going to be okay. You know? Yeah. It's that like feeling of oh the, okay everything's fine for now but then you're also worried the other shoes when's the other shoe gonna drop oh yeah at the same I time i mean who hasn't had that feeling but then i think that's also a really good indication of childhood trauma is and i'm speaking for myself i'm not able to enjoy good moments because i'm constantly worried that a bad moment's about to follow constantly oh, yeah. and i'm like i'm not even enjoying the moments that should be good that i'm trying to look forward to when i'm having the bad moment the fuck Yes. Why is that all of us? (laughs) Because we're all traumatized. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Oh, Lord. So, yeah. So, send champagne to P.O. Box. (laughs) If you are going to deliver a pallet, DM us and we'll give you the actual address. Oh, my God. If you deliver a pallet. Oh. That would be amazing. (laughs) And Dutch Brothers. Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm-mm. What a mix, <laughs> you know? I'm just saying, it's Dutch Brothers Mimosa. Ooh. And I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely. So eventually Marvin Sr. would become a minister at the Hebrew Pentecostal Church in Washington, D.C. He was a member of the House of God Christian sect, which is a very strict sect of Christianity that um, even banned open-toed shoes, movies, TV, and sleeveless dresses, to name a few. I just really love how two of those things are basically for women. It's all about the women. It's because the men and the boys are not expected to control themselves because it is all the women's fault. Boys will be boys. Yeah, and if we show our shoulders, then that means that we're not preserving our shoulder for our husband and we're just showing it off to everybody around town who wants to see a fucking shoulder, ruining our value. I have amazing shoulders. I know. And thank God they're covered because every man in the Tri-County area would be up your ass right now. I know. My shoulders are great. Wow. So he obviously enforced all of these super strict rules on his family and himself. Clearly, right? Not himself. Oh, wait. Yeah, no. That's correct. He was an alcoholic who slept with many other women around town. Now, this next piece, I don't know if, help me here, okay? He also dressed in his wife's clothes when he thought no one was around. This is my theory. I think, I think he was either transsexual or non-binary of some type. Growing up in 1914, Washington, D.C. as a black man, uh, and that doesn't happen. No. Period. That wasn't a thing. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. So I think he had a lot of anger. Towards himself. Self, and he started taking it out on other people. And his dad was already a horrible role model with him being an alcoholic and beating people, which was probably because he was a slave completely understandable coping mechanism at that point after all that PTSD. So I am not excusing this behavior no. because you have choices in life. There are plenty of people who have gone down that journey and not been a piece of shit. But I think at the time and place where he grew up, it it may have been. Yeah. Like I think I read an article when I was doing this about how 
I think it was either Marvin Jr. or one of his siblings walked in on him wearing clothes. Yeah. So it was obviously something that... Well, and being as religious as he was... Right. It was ingrained in him that this is wrong. And so... Oh, yeah. He The alcohol was probably self-medicating mm-hmm. and to try and to fix it. Yep. And there was self-hatred and he couldn't take it out on himself. Well, that was the alcohol, you know. Yeah, and you it can't kill yourself either because that's a sin yeah. against God. So, yeah. yeah, I think it definitely informs a lot more. And they didn't really get into this on any of the articles I read, which I was like, I feel like that's the key piece here that could unlock a lot of who this person was. Yeah. But I digress. Um, so I also think it's also maybe a way to, okay, this is my other theory, and I wrote it here. He was doing the ultra-masculine thing that he thought supermen did, which mm-hmm. is be a piece of shit to women, because that's the example he had, to throw people off. Oh, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. be a superman, like a super macho man. Yeah, I, I'm super Ugh, masculine, masculine. So you don't know that I really am... I potentially am a transgender person yes. or non-binary of some type. Yes. Which, again, completely understandable at the time. If that's what was happening, you know? Yes. So anyway. So later in the 1940s, Marvin Sr. left the House of God to join another sect, the House of the Living God... And then after that, he came back to the house of God before leaving altogether in the 1950s. And he left because he was not named the chief apostle of the church. So I guess he was like, fuck you guys then. And he just like was like, I'm not. I'm going to take my toys and go home because I'm a big fat crybaby. Yeah. I was like, okay. (laughs) Uh, But through it all, the relationship with his son, unfortunately, Marvin Jr. grew worse. He would throw his son out of the house and this coupled with people making fun of them for their last name made a difficult childhood even worse. Marvin Sr. added heavy drinking to the mix in the 50s, and that made the relationship with Marvin Jr. even worse when, as y'all heard in the last episode, that's when Marvin Jr. bounced the Air Force. He was like, okay, this is too much. Goodbye. I do not blame him. Goodbye. And, and it's also smart he joined the Air Force, not the Army or the Marines or anything, because I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. But from what I understand of the hierarchy, again, I'm like treading ground here. It goes Marines, Army, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, in that order. Okay. You watch a lot of TikTok and have seen a lot of those videos, huh? No, I haven't. I just, um, I, for some reason, when I, as I've been going through my life, I've either worked with, dated, or been part of military families. And the shit that they talk about each other's branches is extremely high. They all agree the Coast Guard's like a fugazi, like, you know, whatever, Space Force type, what the fuck. <laughs> But the idea is, like, it's easy to get into the Air Force. And then the idea is, oh, armies are all, like, pussies. It's like, again, I'm quoting. I'm not, that's not what I believe. And then the Marines, you know, super Marines. And, like, that's, so there's, like, this hierarchy within. And then the Navy, I think, is full of semen in both forms of the word. You know, both the pun and the, <laughs> the reality. Yeah. So You can't get a hold of Jesse at. <laughs> no, this is. I understand that there's hierarchies and everybody who has been in a certain branch is very proud of their branch, as you should be. Thank but you all for I'm your service. Is, yeah, no, seriously. No matter where you served. Absolutely. And if you're in Space Force, oh my God, please add us. I fucking want to talk to somebody who's in Space Force so bad. That's so a real bad. thing. Yes. Yes. Trump put it in. And Biden hasn't stopped the process. So Space Force is real, girl. Oh, oh, hon. Oh, you need to read the new. <laughs> Tell me about. Yep. Yeah. So Marvin Gaye Jr., uh, this is when he added the E to last name as well, for all those reasons. And when Jr. also started to hit it off in Motown after he came back from the Air Force, he bought a house for his parents in a black middle class neighborhood in Washington, D.C. that they stayed at until the early 70s. His mom was finally able to stop working. So all throughout their childhood, she's having to start work because 
senior is drunk and moving from minister job to minister job and not making enough to make ends meet. And she's just like, for fuck's sake, fine, I'll go. She like was a domestic worker, started cleaning houses and stuff. And I don't think they made that much money to begin with anyways. No, preachers normally normally don't make I mean, a lot of nowadays money. it's different, but yeah. we're not going to... We're not Tammy Faye. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not going to touch that right now. No. Back then, they didn't make much money. No. So she was able to finally stop working, and Marvin Gaye Jr. was able to give her the life that he would wanted to give her because she tried to protect him and the siblings throughout their whole lives. Um, and by her being married to his father, he's like, okay, fine you know <laughs> you can get some of it too i guess um so he even tried to buy his dad a cadillac in 1968 to get like you know affection and approval like look dad i made it and i want to give you this so hopefully we can have a better relationship but his dad was nah he was basically like yeah ah, like all grumpy about it and shit and it's like you can see Junior just trying so hard to prove he to just his dad wants to be loved. Exactly. Oh my god, that's so sad. It is. It's like, come on, man. Marvin Senior fathered another child this time oh, by one of his many affairs in 1970, named Antoine Carey. It's unclear how Alberta felt about this, but my guess is, um, she was a good Christian woman and was taught to stay married no matter what. You know, make it work. I'm sure she wasn't happy. Oh, she probably knew about all the affairs too. I'm sure he was not subtle. No, he didn't have to be. It's ridiculous. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. I'm getting so worked up. Keep going. <laughs> In 1972, Marvin Jr. was given May 1st Day as Marvin Gay Day in Washington, D.C. So he invited his parents to the ceremony because he's like, sweet, I got a day named after me. It's so awesome. So Marvin Jr. was like, I made it. I made it. I'm going to make my dad proud, right? This is going to be the day. And I don't, I I read through the article. I didn't see what happened, but I can imagine it didn't go as Junior wanted it to. Like, I'm so proud of you, son. You're, I love you. That probably didn't happen, even that day, which is so crappy. Surely it did not. In 73, Junior bought them another house in Los Angeles to move them closer to himself after him becoming even more successful. So it seems that the fame did to finally start to change Senior's attitude towards his son, guessing here, for no other reason than money, one would assume. Because in 1974, when he was 60, he appeared on the TV show Midnight Special in women's clothing and a wig. So this is, his dad showed up in the special. And I thought that was interesting, because I'm like, what? You know, that's... His dad showed up in women's clothing and a wig? And the, in the show Midnight Special, which was kind of like, from what I understood, like a music show late at night or something like that. And but it's why? supposed to be, I guess it was like kind of a, a variety show. Okay. Maybe it was with his dad. I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I was like, what? Okay. Yeah. This is all on top of like, senior, he's drinking. Alberta's starting to grow tired of this bullshit finally. And by the early 80s, they had not slept in the same bed for 10 years, which I don't blame her. He sounds like an awful person. Yeah. To be around. Yes. Go sleep on the couch, Alberta. Tell him to sleep on the couch. He's well, a fucking asshole. Yes, he needs to sleep on the couch, but you know he's not going to listen to her. So. That's probably true, too. Yeah. On Christmas 1983, when um, Senior was 69 years old, Junior gave his dad a 38 caliber Smith & Wesson pistol for protection. So at this point... No, don't give the fuckface guns. In 1983, Marvin Gay Jr. Um, was coming off his heavy cocaine use, super paranoid, as we know. And so he, and this is when he started telling his brother and sister, like, I feel like I'm going to die. Something's going to happen. I don't know. I just have this really impending sense of doom. And they were all like, uh, what? And so he bought, that's why he bought his dad the gun for Christmas. He was thinking, okay, you, you keep you know, us safe. And he's also, remember, living at home with his parents in this L.A. home as well. So he's thinking maybe it'll protect all of them. My guess. That was stupid. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just guessing. Marvin Sr. Sr. kept the gun because he felt, quote, protected and he would sleep with it under his pillow like a fucking asshole. (sighs) Who does this? Is this the Wild West? Oh my god! You know what just came to mind? That stupid um, 
Will Smith song. Wild Wild oh, West. Oh, Wild Wild West. <laughs> Did you watch the movie, right? You watched Wild Wild West, right? Amanda, look at me in my eyeballs. You watched this, right? Probably not, <laughs> because you know I don't watch movies. I cannot believe you haven't seen Wild Wild West. Really? It's so really? bad, it's good. Really? I watched it like 15 times as a kid. I don't know why. It's not good, but it's good, bad. Bad, good. <sighs> Tell me what happened with the gun. <laughs> All right, I'm put that on your list. You ha- that's your assignment is to watch Wild Wild West. I'm sure it's free somewhere. There's no way people are charging like rent th- to, to rent that movie. There's no way. If so, that's a crime. <laughs> so fast forward to March 31st of 1984 at the L.A. home where Marvin Jr. was staying. Marvin Sr. couldn't find an insurance policy, papers or paperwork. He got angry like he always does and started to take it out on Alberta. This woke up Marvin Jr. and he tried defending his mom, like asking him, leave her alone, just get off her ass, relax, you know? And then they stopped arguing around 12.30 p.m. Senior started up again on Alberta and the insurance paper. Senior was yelling at her from upstairs and Junior was up again saying that he should come downstairs to argue with her if you're going to argue like do it face to face don't be fucking yelling across the house you know like an asshole don't don't be doing that stuff senior refused junior not to come told him not to come into his room downstairs which of course he did junior was pissed and shoved him into the hall and then that's when the physical fighting started you know because it's escalating they're pissed they're upset um and it ended up in junior's bedroom again he punched and kicked his dad, and eventually Alberta broke him apart, and Senior left the room. Okay, so now we're at 12.38 p.m. Marvin Gaye, the junior, and his mom are sitting on his bed talking because, you know, they're like, hey, it's just trying to calm down and de- like process what just happened and all that kind of stuff. Senior came back into Marvin's room, pointed a gun at him, shot him twice as he was sitting talking to Alberta on the bed. My husband didn't say anything. He just pointed the gun at Marvin, said Alberta. I screamed, but it was very quick. My husband shot and Marvin screamed. I tried to run. Marvin slid down to the floor after the first shot. So the first bullet hit Junior's heart and other organs. After getting closer, Senior shot him point blank in the shoulder. So he didn't just stand at the door and just pop, pop. He was like, shoot, get closer, Shoot again. <gasps> um, the fuck? And he probably thought Alberta would do nothing about this. Right. Because. Did she? You'll get ready. So Senior had the gun ready because you know, he hid it under his pillow. It's just like right up the hall, right? So after he shot his son, he went to the front porch and ra- waited to be arrested. Uh, yeah, that I will say. Yeah, you dumbass. At least you got that right. So when the cops came, saw the scene, figured it all out, (laughs) and Alberta being the only witness and the dad outside waiting to be arrested, they arrested him. Um, Junior was rushed to the hospital, and at 1 p.m. he was announced dead, and the cause of death being gunshot wound to chest, perforating heart, lung, and liver. Marvin's last words were, this is so awful, I'm sorry, everybody. I got what I wanted I couldn't do it myself, so I made him do it. Oh. Yeah. And that was what his brother Frankie said that he said to him. I was like, oh, my God. So it just shows you his whole life was just trying to get his father's love and affection. So heartbreaking. Like, God dang it, you know? And it, and if it was him who not you know metaphorically killed his son he literally killed his son. yeah that's yeah crazy so senior spoke to the press stating he didn't mean to kill his son oh no then that just was an accident get ready self-defense oh so you leave the room and you come back with a gun is your self-defense yeah yeah whenever you have to go away and you have the time to make a decision like that and then you come back. Yeah, yeah, that was self-defense. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Again, there was a couple of minutes between the physical fight 
imminent danger. I don't know. So the police asked him if he loved his son, which, damn, if the police are asking you that, <laughs> you must really be a piece of trash. I mean, let me guess. He said, oh, yes, I love him so much. He said, let's say I didn't dislike him. <gasps> you can't even lie and say you loved him to the police. What That's the fuck what is said. wrong with you? I don't get it. They charged him with first degree murder and he was released when Alberta posted his bond. They were estranged at the time. That bitch did what? She posted his bond. And I'm sure they were, but at this way. So she is officially done. They're estranged. She's like, fuck you, Why dude. Why didn't she leave him in fucking jail? I don't know. I don't know. But she did post his bond. And because the court knew of his, like, so senior his bad health, guess why? He's not taking care of himself and he's drinking himself to death. So they arranged to have a doctor visit before, like, trial just to see, are you even able to stand trial? Like, what's your health situation? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. He can stand trial. They found a tumor in his brain, and this was later used in his defense, arguing, like, oh, he had a brain tumor. That's why he shot his son. No, no. No, dude. Like, you had every opportunity, and you chose violence. Literally. (laughs) So, no. In a 1984 Los Angeles Herald Examiner interview, Senior said... I regret what happened to this moment. I pulled the trigger. The first one didn't seem to bother him. He put up his hand to his face like he'd been hit with a BB, and then I fired again. I was backing up toward my room. I was going to go in there and lock the door. Ma comes in. She says, Marvin's bleeding. I went down the hall and looked. Babe, I said, call the paramedics. Unquote. Then Junior turned into, quote, something like a beast-like person. I heard him all the time, the sniffing. I didn't mean to do it. I fear God. I respect God. I'm sorry and I regret what happened to this moment. Ugh. But he's such a liar. I know. It's so awful. Senior flipped it and reversed it, gaslight style, and said that Marvin Jr. was the one to violent outbursts and fighting. Yeah. No. Sure, that's what happened here. The judge was not playing that shit and determined he was competent enough to stand trial. And after looking at the evidence, the judge was like, y'all want to do a plea here or not? Because, I mean, that's an open and shut. Yeah. If I've ever. I mean, take the plea has never meant more. No, take the plea, bro. Take the plea. He did. And he got involuntary manslaughter. Oh, which they really, he really got lucky. He could have gotten, this could have been a first. Intent? There's plenty of intent. Yes. Yes. Jesus. So he was sentenced to six years suspended sentence and a five-year probation. He was not allowed to own guns or have alcohol. So Senior decided to make a statement about two months after he was sentenced stating, quote, if I could bring him back, I would. I was afraid of him. I thought I was going to get hurt. I didn't know what was going to happen. I'm really sorry for everything that happened. I loved him. I wish he could step through the store right now. I'm paying the price now. Oh, you were a piece of shit. Who wrote that for him? Exactly. Who? You know, that's because no. Alberta, Alberta divorced his ass that same year after 45 years of marriage. Senior eventually moved to a nursing home and died of pneumonia on October 10th, 1998, right before his 84th birthday. So Marvin Gaye was one of the most prolific artists of our time. And so here are a list of some of his awards. 1987, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, saying, Gay made a huge contribution to soul music in general and the Motown sound in particular. April 2nd, 1985, Marvin Gaye Jr. Memorial Scholarship Fund Day. 86, Alberta founded the Marvin Gaye Jr. Memorial Foundation for those struggling with drug abuse and alcoholism. Because yes, she did. Because she's a real one. 1988, NAACP Hall of Fame Award. 1990, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. 96, Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. Rolling Stone Top 100 Greatest Artists of All Time on number 18 and 82 on their Top 1 Greatest Songwriters of All Time. Alvin, uh, Marvin Gaye's album, What's Going On, not only reached number 6 in Rolling Stone for 500 Greatest Albums of All Time, but also NME's Top 100 Album of All Time in 85. In 2003, it was put into the Library of Congress's National Recording Registry, that is fucking badass. Mm-hmm. 2005 voted to the uh, a Michigan, excuse me, voted to the Michigan Rock and Roll Legends Hall of Fame. 2006, a park in D.C. was renamed to Marvin Gaye Park. 2014, inducted to the Rhythm and Blues Music Hall of Fame in its second class. 2016, a South Los Angeles uh, post office was renamed 
which actually had to be signed off by President Trump. I guess if you have to, if you want to rename a post office because it's like, I guess like a federal adjacent type building, you have to get it signed off. I don't know. I was just like, what? (laughs) And then in 2016, he was inducted into the Songwriters Hall. I'm highlighting that because let's be real. It's not about senior. It's about junior. And the person he took away from the world because of his own narcissism, let's say. So, yeah, it was honestly really, really hard to do those two back to back because you like see both sides of the family. Yeah. And then just, yeah, it was tough. It was very, very duggery for me. A little triggering sometimes. Yeah. But that's, that's, I had no idea, idea until I did this that Marvin Gaye was killed by his dad. I had no I clue. I didn't know. I didn't right? know. I was shocked. I was like, oh my God, you know? It's crazy. It was crazy. Good job. Thank you. Greetings! I'm Richard Humer, and I'm here to ask you, are you musically challenged, theatrically illiterate? Are you uncultured swine? Well, I can transform you from uncultured swine to sophisticated porcine in just two easy steps. Step one, listen to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse every Wednesday. Step two, repeat step one. With Tone Deaf in your podcast feed, you too can no longer be embarrassed at parties when you confuse Andrew Lloyd Webber with Stephen Sondheim. Tune in every Wednesday to Tone Deaf on all major podcatchers. Who you got? Well, I know who you think I got because you saw the title, but I don't got who you think I got. Well, maybe, I, maybe, okay, go for it. Let me see if I, I'm correct or not. So I'm doing Walter Francis White, not Walter White from Breaking Bad. <laughs> When I saw Walter White, I was like, oh my God, dude, if you wrote Walter White and you just like did the character as a trophy dad, I would die. I would die. Like this father does everything he possibly can do to support his family. (laughs) He will go to the lengths. It is not. (laughs) Okay, but who wouldn't? Who wouldn't think that if you saw Walter White? Trust me, when I was doing this, I had to Google Walter Francis White because if you just Google Walter White, you only get Frankie mad. Exactly. Exactly. So, Walter Francis White was born July 1st, 1893. Oh, okay. So he he's the OG Walter White. Got yes. it. To George W. White and Madeline Harrison White. Walter was the fourth of seven children. His father, George, was a graduate from Atlanta University and a postal worker. His mom, Madeline, was a graduate from Clark University and a teacher. So this was the late 1800s and early 1900s. And so that was impressive because um, his family was sadly middle class when the majority of the black community at this time was part of the working class. That, and his mom went to college? Both his parents went to college. Wow, that is rare back then, yeah. So, despite Walter's African-American ancestry, he had blonde hair and blue eyes. Precious. Um, And it's because of Walter's 32 great-great-great-grandparents Five were black and the other 27 were white. What? All of his immediate family members had fair skin. Madeline, his mom, also had blonde hair and blue eyes. On his mom's side of of the family, his maternal grandmother, Delicia, an enslaved woman, and her master, William Henry Harrison. Oh, shit. (laughs) They had... Um, six children together, and much later, he was elected president of the United States. Okay, so this is um, rape, correct? That's why yes. there's white people in their family? Yes. Fucking gross. They grew up as part of the African-American community. They of course. They did not grow up as part of the white community, which yeah. they could have. 
but, but did not. It's the one drop rule. It's the, if you have one drop of what they call, again, quoting Negro blood, then you are black officially to the white people. So it's ridiculous. Walter grew up in Atlanta and because of the Jim Crow laws, he attended segregated black schools, sat in the back of the bus and all of the other indignities of racism. Yep. And when Walter was 13, he witnessed the Atlanta race riots. Oh, God. So the Atlanta race riot happened September 22nd, 1906. And over five days, 10 African-American people were killed while the Atlanta Police Department did absolutely nothing to protect the African-American population. Um which is actually an understatement because the police took the guns away from the African-American population and allowed the white population to remain armed. Shocking. So. I wish I could be shocked right now, but I'm not. He he was 13 years old when all of that happened. This is so, clearly an impressionable age. You should not ever have to see that, nor should it be people that look like you going through that. So what the fuck? So, um... Walter persevered and he attended Atlanta University and graduated in 1916. After graduation, he did work for Standard Life for the Standard Life Insurance Company. And about a year later, um, he helped establish the Atlanta branch of the NAACP. Nice. And during this time, Walter organized a campaign to improve the African-American public facilities in Atlanta. And in 1918, James Weldon Johnson, the NAACP executive director, invited Walter to move to New York City to become the assistant secretary for the national organization of the NAACP. Wow. So um, his first major racial justice campaign um, within the national office um, came when he persuaded the association to oppose the Atlanta Board of Education's decision to completely eliminate the seventh grade for African-American students. What? Yes, this was part of an effort to finance a new high school for the white kids. Are you fucking... That is so gross. Here... I don't even have words for that. Here's what I want to know. Why did I learn about this in school? Thank you. CTE, bitches. This is why. Like, I, how are we not taught this part of our history? This is everyone's history. It's because they don't want us to know about this. No, because guess what? They'll realize, we'll realize that the system is built on systemic racism, and they don't want that. Because then it's like, oh, shit, power in numbers. And we vote. So they don't like that. They don't appreciate it. So, uh-huh. so yes, that was the, his first major campaign effort while working yeah. in the National NAACP office. Fuck and yeah, it was. So between 1918 and 1931, Walter was creating a reputation both within the NAACP and outside the NAACP circles. And Walter actually did something that, had, that took a giant pair of cojones. Let me tell you what he did. He used his quote-unquote white look to infiltrate the KKK and other white supremacist organizations. Shut the fuck up, dude. This infiltration gave the NAACP firsthand knowledge of at least 40 murders of African-American people. Hell yes, Walter White. Get it. Absolutely. Use it against him. Fuck him. He's got the biggest balls of any person I have ever heard in my life. Can you imagine what would have happened to him if they had caught on to who he was? Oh, he... Bad. Very, very bad things. The bad things. The bad things. The bad things. Oh, my God. Bless him, though. Think about that. Like, 40... You said 40 to 50? 1918 to 1931. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, like, how many people? 40. 40. Think about that. At just, least 40. I mean, just being able to know what happened. Yes. Even if they don't catch the people or whatever else. That's huge. Like, yes. he helped so many people. So, in 1922, he married another NAACP staff member, Leah Gladys Powell. They mm. had two children, Jane White, who became an actress on Broadway and TV, and Walter Carl White, who 
lived in Germany for the majority of his adult life. Oh, okay. Cool. In 1929, Walter was appointed the chief executive of the NAACP, and he was considered a moderate in class with members who wanted more militant action. Mm-hmm. And W.E. Du Bois... Oh, yeah. Um, even eventually resigned as the editor of the NAACP journal over their disagreements. Oh, wow. Um, well, and, and that's a really big... That was the Black Panther Party, too. Mm-hmm. Like, like, we want to support our, our people... But at what cost? Are we going to get violent with it? Do we have to get violent with it? At some point, we will to defend ourselves. Yeah. So it's a real, yeah, fine line. So in 1930, Walter was so appalled by President Herbert Hoover's selection of John J. Parker to the Supreme Court Mm. because Parker had stated on many occasions that he was opposed to African-Americans voting that Walter spent the next couple of months lobbying the members of the Senate and got Parker's nomination rejected. Oh, hell yes. Good job. In 1931, Walter became the executive secretary of the NAACP, which is the highest position in the organization. Nice. During um, his time, he led the fight for anti-lynching legislation and initiated trailblazing legal battles to eliminate all white primaries, poll taxes, and de jure segregation. Yep. He also joined the Advisory Council for the Government of the Virgin Islands in 1934. Wow. In 1941, while working um, with labor leader a philip randolph walter he helped persuade president franklin d roosevelt to issue executive order 8802 which prohibited racial discrimination in um, defense industries and established the fair employment practices commission the first federal agency to monitor compliance with anti-discrimination measures love it but walter was not able to get president roosevelt to um, advocate for the anti-lynching bill, so he resigned from the advisory council to the Virgin Islands because of it. Yeah, he's like, fuck it. He's okay. like, fuck you. Yep, bye. So Part of this. While Walter was devoted to African-American issues, he also spent time working on anti-racism issues mm-hmm. around the world. He was delegated to the second Pan-African Congress in 1921, a member of the Advisory Council to the Virgin Islands from 1934 to 1935, and an advisor to the U.S. delegation to the founding conference of the United Nations in 1945, and in 1948, the General Assembly in Paris. Wow. So White actually wrote a book in 1945 called A Rising Wind that helped inspire President Harry Truman to desegregate the U.S. military in 1948. Yes. And Truman also appointed the first presidential nominee on civil rights later that year at Walter's urging. I love that. So he's he did so much. Literally. Like, think about that. This is one person, y'all. So if you ever think, uh, my life doesn't make a difference, it clearly does. And you don't have to do the Walter White things to make that difference. But damn. Like, he literally enacted so much change within his own community. So much fucking change. Um, but don't think everyone is perfect. Well, of course, we all have struggles. So, because in 1949... Mm-hmm. He started doing meth with Jesse, and... <laughs> it was discovered that Walter was divorcing his African-American wife to marry a white woman named Poppy Cannon. Oh, this bitch. Her name is Poppy Cannon. Come on now. One member of the NAACP board, Carl Murphy, wanted Walter fired. Um, But others, led by William Hasty, argued that it was hypocritical of the NAACP to preach racial racial equality and then fire him for having an interracial marriage. Yeah, no, I agree. So Walter served as the NAACP executive secretary and official spokesperson until he passed away on March 21st, 1955. But there were a lot of people that felt Walter wanted Walter marry, divorcing his African-American wife to marry a white woman 
was actually him taking the acting and taking the steps of actually wanting to be part of the white community and Mm -hmm. living as a white man. And it caused a lot of strife, especially in his own family. Okay. His son actually changed his name. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was like seen as kind of like a betrayal. Mm -hmm. But I also see the NAACP's point of like, well, but if we're preaching equality, we can't be not let him marry a white woman. It'd be the same as if a white man wanted to marry a black woman. Like what's the, where's the line here? Right. Um, So I think that you would have to look at what were his other actions at the time to make that determination. Yeah. But it was a very controversial thing at the time for him. Makes sense, yeah. um, To do, and I think that there was a lot of other things going on, especially when his own son changed his name. Oh, yeah. That had to be Because he divorced his mom and married a white woman. Yeah. So he did so many things for the black community and so many things for social justice and so many things for racism um, that this caused so much drama Mm -hmm. in his life. I don't want it to negate those good things. I don't think it does. Um, no. But I got to the end. I was like, shit. <laughs> there goes my trophy dad status, but I'm rolling with this. No. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I mean, if anything, it just shows that he's human. Like, I'll, like you, you hear this story and you're like, this person, how much time does he have in his day? Is he Beyonce? But then we realize, oh, he's human, like all the rest of us. And he's going to make decisions for himself that may or may not be good, be like, did he cheat on his wife? You know, like, there's these questions, yeah, right? I, like, yeah. but guess what? Nobody's fucking perfect. I mean, I don't think you can negate all the good that he did for that at all. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying he's not a trophy dad. It was totally. like, there was so much um, controversy surrounding it. I was like, do I want to keep this go like, go into this yeah because it said he was divorcing his african-american divorcing his african-american wife to marry a white woman right which leads me to believe there were probably some overlaps in those two relationships possibly which if, it, if he's guilty of anything he's guilty of potentially cheating right so, okay guess what again human being shit happens I mean, because I don't care who you love, love who you love. 100%. Black, white, blue, and purple. Let's go here. He doesn't do like all the other dads that we would have covered. He would have murdered her. Right. <laughs> to get with the new girl. Like, unlike. Think, he, he did the right thing. He, he knew divorced. murder is never the answer. Yes, exactly. So, of the things. But obviously, we're two white women talking about a black issue. So, please help us understand more about this. We don't have any... We don't have a dog in this fight. Exactly. So we just don't fully understand the experience because we are not black. So please let us know. I I wanted to cover him because I think everything he did during this time is absolutely amazing because I do understand everything that he had to work five times as hard to accomplish all these things during this time. Absolutely. Um... So it makes what he did and what he was able to accomplish even that more amazing and beneficial. Yes, I agree. And I think it's a travesty that this um, controversy is there to mar all the good that he did. Yeah, I agree. It, it, and, and again... Please let us know more about this because the intricacies of the diaspora of, you know, colorism is so nuanced. Please help us and educate us. I wanted to leave the controversy out, but then I also felt like then I'm not doing his story justice. Like I'm not telling his full story. You do have to. You know, yeah. I wanted to pull the controversy out, but I couldn't. Like, if anything, I would say we need to leave it in because it does create. A conversation around it 
Because that's the other thing is the whole, I don't see color is actually hurtful. And then by you leaving out something like that, where it's talking about colorism, would then not be telling the full story. Right. I wanted to tell his full story and I just didn't right. want to mar his legacy. Amazing accomplishments with the controversy, but the controversy is part of his story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it was a tough decision, but... I'm glad you stuck with it because honestly, it was... It's really fascinating. Like, first of all, how, how much change he did truly like influenced its craziness but also like it like i said it goes to show everyone's a fucking human being we all do things like no one person can sit here and be like well i haven't done something like that it's like okay whatever like we've all have so i think it was great and i'm now really interested in walter white i want to look up more about him because <laughs> i had no idea you have to do walter francis white. yeah walter francis white granted <laughs> I did Google just Walter White, and it was all breaking. I'm like, God damn it. Mistakes were made. Yes, mistakes were made. And my husband goes, well, what did you expect? I go, I expected the, you know, activist. At least one in the top couple pages, right? And he was like, come on. I'm like, America, I'm disappointed in you. (laughs) Uh, What did you expect? You know us. We're dumb. We're done. Care more about history, people. (laughs) Seriously. On that note, we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.